0: So you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. Six lessons I've learned from burning Brand camp to the ground. While I am not one to say that all the lessons of the past few months of ending the business that I spent seven years building have settled or that I know everything about what's happening, I can say that I've gleaned just a little bit of wisdom from ending brand camp and from the 30-day sabbatical that followed. First, again and again I learned this one and it's really frustrating, but I want to remind you of it again. People wait until the deadline to buy. 53% 53% of grand finale sales were in the last 36 to 48 hours, that last little window, even though peeps had well over 30 days to purchase it at the exactly the same price the whole time. Without a deadline, those sales wouldn't have happened, um, as often people decide to put off deciding the vast majority of the time. So when you see something and you decide you're going to do it later, or you decide you'll decide later, you, you've made a decision, but that decision doesn't actually... Do anything, right? So, anywhere in your business that you can fit in deadlines, limited spots or seats, or reasons to have opening and closing dates of any kind, you're going to see sales increase simply because of human nature. Of course, you've also got to remind your peeps about that deadline over and over. When you're sick of hearing about your own sale, you're beginning to actually reach your peeps. So, make up deadlines, let people know the number of spots or spaces available for a thing cut off registration deadlines for a class or workshop weeks before it happens, stop ticket sales or program sales at a fixed date and time that you announce well in advance. You don't do that because it's slimy or sleazy. You do it because it's a firm boundary that means people act instead of putting off their purchase until an indeterminate quote-unquote later time. Number two, sometimes you really do just have to burn it down. There was a lot of of second guessing myself once I had started to burn it down, right? And uh, no, the, uh, that instinct was right. Sometimes you've shape shifted and retrofitted a thing that you've made one too many times, and now it's just done. You have to quit it or delete it or move on, and there there isn't any other way. Even though other people are going to see other ways, let me tell you, <laughs> right? There just isn't another way, like in your heart of hearts. I got emails begging me to extend the deadline, to keep what I'd made, to turn my blog posts into something else like a book, um, and I got offers to buy my domain, to buy my website traffic. I said no to all of those because I didn't want to leave a way back so that I had no choice but to move on and start something, at, if not completely new, then fresh. And the no other way option that steps forward in your own life. You're going to find that you'll, you've probably outgrown the box you're in. And you might not want to embrace a new box just yet. That was the most shocking to me, that I thought I would go from being in this box called Brand Camp, and I would just make a new box and put myself in there. And then it was like, oh, I don't want to be in a box at all. And that's interesting. And that's a place to sort of hang out between this thing and the next thing. Which is lesson number three. You're allowed to take space between this thing and the next thing. So for now... Uh, between Brand Camp and the next thing, this podcast strings together what was and what's coming and there isn't a whole lot of new stuff for peeps to consume. It's okay that that's the case. I have no shiny branding process in the works. I have no infrastructure being built behind the scenes that will value with its gloriousness and its you know six-figure intentions and its amazing, amazing interface. I am for once in my life refusing to rush the process, even though that goes against every impulse in my quick and efficient get-it-done personality. This matters. I'm allowed to give this iteration time to make itself known, and I won't move forward until I get the inward yes that has so far only been whispering no, 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 at every option I give it with regards to the future. If you're between projects or websites or businesses and you're frustrated, I've been there. I am there. I get it. And I also know that the most important bits of ourselves and our work and the reason that we're on this earth, however we define it, they can't be hurried or rushed. We will always feel like we're behind and that is just par for the course. So keep doing the work you know you're supposed to be doing behind the scenes. Keep growing. Keep taking the next right step and the next thing will come. It will seem way too late, but it will be perfectly timed, and I say this just as much to myself as I do to you, because it always seems too late. Always, always, always. Number five, sabbatical is much, much harder than daily productivity. So much harder. Uh, It turns out that I'm absolutely addicted to productivity, So I am really good at getting shit done quickly and efficiently, and the loss of all that day-to-day business emailing, Facebooking, Instagramming, and blogging, and planning, and writing, and marketing, and selling, and communicating left a really big gap in my life. It was giant. So the poem, um, this is called Sabbatical Day 2, and it's fucking dramatic, and it's funny that it's dramatic to me now. Um, Giving yourself to the loss of momentum, feels like being expelled from the belly of the whale, Jonah, dripping miles from the deep and bereft of further instruction. Sitting what looks like quietly on shore feels like flailing all kermit arms akimbo, grasping for each buzzing, what next, what next, what next, as it flies. I honestly thought, which is amazing to me now, the answer to what next would arrive the minute that I made space to welcome it. Like, I would just stop, I would burn Brent Camp down, and the next morning I would wake up and be like, oh, that's the next thing. It never occurred to me that it would take more than 24 hours for the answer to what next to arrive. And yes, that is fucking funny. <laughs> like, come on. Um, but that's how I got through burning it down, because I was just, I had this bright faith that the next thing would show up right away, it wouldn't be a big deal, bada bing, bada boom, we'll just keep working. Of course that isn't how it worked out. So I read, I went to yoga, I watched TV, I whined to my friends about how bored I was, and because they were at their corporate jobs, they had trouble empathizing. I had a really, really hard time sitting with myself without the label of entrepreneur or coach or teacher or writer to hold in front of me. I was, of course, tempted to deep clean every part of my house to reorganize and alphabetize my possessions, to start approximately eighty-four projects that would have just distracted me from the horror of being completely still, of actively giving up momentum. I didn't. I was as still as I could be, and it sucked a lot of the time. Most of the time, in fact. I listened and took long baths and listened and saw Bruce in concert and listened and listened and listened and, lis- and listened. I was willing to sit with this very necessary grief that comes from ending a chapter in your life. And to be honest, Brain was a huge chapter. I rediscovered that freedom is the most exhilarating and terrifying emotion on the planet. With no debt to pay off, and no job to go to, and no major daily responsibilities to tend to, and no travel to look forward to, just daily life, as big or as small as I could make it, I wept. I wept because it was terrifying, all those choices. The choices are infinite, and they were and are overwhelming. Because sometimes getting what you want is way more scary than not getting it at all. And in the absence of struggle, I found myself really, really, really lost. Because that some part of us needs the struggle, right? We need the thing to be against, or I, at least I do. I need the thing to be against, the thing to be fighting, the thing to be working toward, the thing to be going at. And without that, with just without the struggle, just daily life is continuing as usual. And the biggest struggle in my life is showering and getting out of the house when I'm not depressed, which is not even a very big struggle right now. Um, it was shocking to me how much struggle is necessary to this whole process, And finally, lesson number six, you can't do it wrong. I know that I'm talking about sabbatical, and that seems enviable, but I promise that this applies to you. So choosing to bring your work to an absolute screaming halt is wretchedly, despicably difficult. When I imagined sabbatical, I thought I was going to sit still like I was in an ashram for 30 days, and I made it to nearly 11 a.m. on day one before completely reconsidering that plan, okay? On day two, I decided that I just, it just meant I wasn't going to write for 30 days and I wouldn't be doing all of my usual business responsibilities because they no longer existed. Again, that not writing felt just wrong the minute that I put it into play. And I don't mean difficult. I mean wrong. Like, no, this is not right. I beat myself up about how badly my sabbatical was going. Obviously day two and three were wasted on this because obviously I was doing it wrong. And then I realized I can't do it wrong. This is a made-up sabbatical. These are made-up rules. The ashram rule was not, I didn't read that somewhere. Like, oh man, yeah, this really smart guy says do this. They're made-up rules. I can change them. So I did. I amended my time off to me not writing, producing, or making for other people, only for myself. So I could make whatever I wanted, but I couldn't immediately um, share it, Facebook it, Instagram it, email it or otherwise transmit it to people that I would normally do in my business. That that would be the big difference. And that was a huge difference. I put up an email autoresponder saying that I'd broken up with the internet, letting people know it might be a week or more before they heard from me. And then I got to wrestling with myself and my future. And I petted stingrays and I went to the beach and I bought lots of books. And I tied up some loose ends that hadn't been touched in a long time. I wrote poem after poem knowing that whenever I was feeling wouldn't last and that I would ultimately not remember the feelings of transition and grief and overwhelm and freedom that I was experiencing. I would look back and say, oh man, I wish I was on sabbatical again if I didn't take the time to record how exquisitely tender and troubling it was to sit with myself as a human, not as an entrepreneur or as a particularly productive member of society. That was really, really fucking hard. And if you want to uh, listen to more of what came out of that, it's episode 80 of That's What She Said, called Note to Self. Um, It's two of the poems that I would like to hear every day as a human. So I recorded them for you because you might like to hear them too. Whether you're on sabbatical or not, and my guess is that you're not, it's a really rare thing to be on sabbatical, The same thing applies to you. You can't do it wrong. As long as you're doing business within the confines of the law in your state, nation, country, continent, you really can't do it wrong. This is your show. This is your business. This is your life. And for the most part, you can choose the rules. So please stop beating yourself up for your perceived failures when, in fact, you're choosing the rules. You are currently choosing the rules. If they're not working, just choose new ones. If you're tired of what you're doing, choose something else. You're freer than you know to experiment, to move on, to grow, to change, and to evolve. And I know that sounds easy for me to say. I know. But here's the deal. If you've decided that you have to blog once a week or you're a failure, or you have to send out an email newsletter or you're a failure, or you have to have 14 clients or you're a failure, or you have to have... $72,000 by next Tuesday or you're a failure. You're choosing that as a rule for yourself and you can choose a different rule. You really can. I'm not saying you can go outside the law. I'm saying that you can choose to reframe the way that you're currently working in a way that suits you because when you choose to, you can't do it wrong. And Hermione very enthusiastically agrees with me so I'm gonna go because the mailman's here. I will see you next week. Bye guys.